Hello, and welcome to Control-Alt-Delete, an increasingly sentient podcast from TheVerge.com. That one comes from Ron Schott on Twitter. It's at Ron Schott. Uh, I am Neil I. Patel. I am the editor-in-chief of Verge, joined as always by my friend and Verge executive editor, co-founder of Recode, Walter S. Mossberg. Hey, Walt. <laughs> well, that's, that's quite an intro, Neil. Maybe I do a basketball <laughs> intro. <for Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it startled me a little. Yeah. I was I was kind of nodding off, but yeah. now I'm awake. You gotta, well, it's a it's a big, big newsy week. We got to have it a is. lot of energy it's a on big, the show. It's a big, big newsy week. It is. Uh, so we should get right into it. So Google I.O. was this week. Uh, Walt, we actually held your column a day so you could watch I.O., see all the announcements, kind of react to them. Uh, we did, we've got a whole team out there. Lauren Good is out there. Casey's out there. Uh, uh, Dan Seifert's there. Dieter's there. Dieter broke uh, news ahead of a Google announcement today that Android and Chrome OS are coming together. But let's start at the start. Big keynote. Sundar came on stage uh, and basically said, this is the moment of mobile it's also a pivotal moment. We've done I.O. for 10 years. We move the venue. We're outside. We're in a rock concert venue because, we, you know, Google, it's in the next 10 years, and it's all about AI and assistance. Uh, they rebranded Google as Google Assistant, so now it's more helpful. You can ask it all kinds of questions, and they're sticking it in more places. So last week, they introduced Gboard, which is a keyboard for the iPhone, which is actually pretty fun to use, uh, that has Google built right into it. They put out a new chat app called Allo, which Google is in the chat with you as you talk to your friends. You can ask it questions or you can talk directly to it. There's a new mess, uh, kind of like a FaceTime video chat app called Duo. I mean, just, the list goes on and on and on. And Walt, you you said this is Google kind of pivoting away from the phone a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, like everybody on our staff, watch the, the keynote. But I also, you know, every, I don't know, six months or so, I go by and talk to Sundar and he... He never exactly told me this plain and simple, but you could see them working up to this. This is still the mobile moment. We're not out of it yet. But as you and I have discussed several times on previous episodes here, uh, it's kind of matured. It's in a lull. I'm not saying there's never going to be another good smartphone feature that we didn't expect or something like that, but it's the, the torrid pace and the, and the kind of black hole magnetism of smartphones is is fading. That was the actually the subhead on uh, my column, uh, which is you know the kind of mobile centric nature of things at Google has begun to fade, and they are now moving on to artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all of the things that go with it, like voice recognition, natural language. And they're, they want to put it everywhere. It's, it's, they kept saying repeatedly it's device agnostic. Uh, I think they actually devoted less of the keynote to Android than they have since Android came out. Android, Android was so under the radar this year at I.O. that they didn't even name the new version. They didn't They didn't name the new version, although we at The Verge ran a poll, and I'm happy to say that uh, although your name was a can- <laughs> was a candidate in that poll, the, the winner, last time I looked, by a long shot, or the leader, was Nougat, which is the name of yes. Lauren Good's cat, who happens to be a friend of mine. Now, The cat or Lauren? Uh, uh, both. And, uh, you know, you're a friend of mine, too, but uh, if I'm going to be honest, I voted Nougat. I have yeah, to say. Yeah, I voted Nougat, too. Yeah. You can't vote can't for vote. yourself. That's no, okay. and, 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 you know, Neela isn't a candy, I don't think, so uh, a <laughs> confection. So, but Nougat is, so I voted Nougat. But, but the point is, go. 
Uh, yes, Dieter broke a, a story about a- Android apps on Chrome OS uh, today, which was a great story. They didn't bother to announce that, though, yesterday. They really wanted the focus heavily, heavily, heavily to be on uh, this Google Assistant, which, by the way, have they cleared up whether it's a capital A or a small a? No, we believe it's a lowercase a. They, yeah, I, the, I my sense it's a lowercase of it, a, yeah. Yeah, uh, my, my sense of it is that they were up against the line here and they they sort of named everything at the end and i suspect strongly that you know there's siri there's alexa there's cortana there's viv i think google wants its assistant to be named google yeah right i mean yes they've got a great brand there and i don't know that they want to move there's a lot of choices around it but i i suspect they want people to think when i need information from a computer or an intelligent assistant uh, they want them people to think of Google as that thing. Exactly, and I also think they don't want this to be seen as a separate product. They right. want it to be seen as an ingredient, as, as a, as a, as a, as the brain of a bunch of products. So, uh, I, I, so you know, you and I talked a little about it when we were editing the piece last night. I noticed that uh, one of our very good uh, and diligent copy editors, doing what seemed natural, did put it all back in caps. But we'll. <laughs> We'll fix that next time. Yeah. Um, but the the thing is, but but see, this spelling thing actually, as you just were explaining it, uh, goes to the heart of what this is, uh, and and why I think there's a big pivot going on here. Or that I think it was almost a declaration of war at I/O. Now that sounds funny because the whole vibe at I/O, and they did it uh, for those who don't uh, know the local area. They did it in a place called the Shoreline Amphitheater. It's a it's where rock groups come to play in in that a part of the Bay Area, and it was outdoors. The weather, of course, was very nice. Sundar Pichai, <clears throat> the CEO, by nature is a gentle, genial, humble person. So when I use the term declaration of war, it may not seem right, but I think it was a declaration of war because he not only did he say that the future tech is is artificial intelligence and conversing with machines and having machines proactively do things for you through, in their case, Google Assistant, it, it, providing a brain to all these different apps and, 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 and devices, but he said they would do it, be able to do it better than anyone else. And that's, that's where I think the declaration of war was. They never, I don't remember them ever saying that about Android. I mean, uh, they would say it about search. But, mm. but in terms of Android, um, you know, they would say, look, we have more. Actually, I never remember them having a nasty comment. Unlike, unlike the reverse, I never remember them having a kind of a snarky comment about Apple uh, at one of their events, um, they knew, you know, uh, they knew Android was winning in terms of massively winning in terms of deployment. But they have had, and I think still have, a lot of respect for um, iOS. I yeah. don't think they have a lot of respect for the other so-called intelligent assistants in their current state. I think they think they already have a bunch of underlying technology and an implementation that they think at least uh, is going to is going to be clearly superior and that was there was a certain tone of that in the words and so while we had our terrific staff 
doing uh, great work on all the individual product announcements, like they announced a messaging app and a, a video calling app and and a new version of Android or, cha- or new features in the new version of Android and a very cool kind of researchy technology that isn't really a product yet, which where you can uh, run apps without downloading them. And, you know, they announced a, an Echo, Amazon Echo-like device for your home. And we covered all those fantastically. I chose to kind of pull 10,000 feet up and say, what is this really that's going on? And I think it's really the pivot moment yeah. where, where they're announcing, hey, this this next competition or this next evolution in personal tech is going to be uh, AI and we are going to and we are going to be really good at it. So we should actually I want to talk specifically about that the Google Home which is the speaker because it it brings together so many of these threads. So obviously the Amazon Echo has been out for a year. It's been in a category of one. I think we've seen it really begin to to enter the consciousness of not only the tech press and enthusiasts, but sort of the mainstream public is here's a thing you can buy and you can, it's always listening. You can talk to it. It'll help you. Obviously the weak point with that is Alexa, Amazon's assistant. It is not particularly smart. It is not particularly connected to a range of services. Um, It is very good at smart home stuff. They've built, you know, they open the API, they let people build skills for it. You know, when, when Sundar announced literally the first product he announced yesterday was Google home. And he said, Amazon did this, but, the back end of Google is obviously we're taking. Yeah, he says I'm like props to Amazon for creating excitement around yeah. this, which is kind of a left-handed. You know, again, you and I both know Sundar, and I, the listeners may probably don't, but he really is a nice man. Yeah, and he would never, you know, want to directly insult Jeff Bezos, but he kind of indirectly yeah. insulted him he came- by saying, "Hey, thanks for." Creating a little excitement around this. Now it's my turn to come in and really do this yeah. seriously. Thanks for validating this market. We're gonna <laughs> right. we'll, we'll take which it from really, here. Which is really which. The funny thing is that's really a Steve Jobs thing, you right. know. Thanks, Rio, for, and, and, no, and, and, and Creative Labs yeah. for doing MP3 players. Now I'm going to do the only MP3 player anyone's ever going to buy, <laughs> and and that which was the iPod, and that's sort of. I mean, I got that vibe out, out of that whole uh, Google Home thing. I haven't tried it. You haven't tried it. It may not be nearly as good as they say, but that's kind of the way they set it up. Right. And the, the thing about it, 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 I just keep thinking it's just a speaker. It's got, you know, it's got the same far field microphones are always listening. It lights up. Their whole point is if you just talk to Google, Google itself is getting so much smarter and is so much smarter that our assistant will do more for you. So the table stakes are there, right? It's going to play music for you. It'll set timers. You can ask it the weather. And then they're saying, we also understand context. We can do follow-up questions. We can. Um, we are connected to your Google account. You know, There's all these other pieces of data about you that we have because we're Google that we're going to use to make this more helpful. Now, the flip side of that is people are already worried that Amazon is sitting in your house listening to you all the time with the Echo. Oh, the yeah. value the Echo provides, I think, in many cases is like, well, I'll deal with that, whatever. You know, the key, It doesn't light up unless you say the keyword, and if it gets hacked, we'll all just unplug them. But Google rides a much fine... Google has my email. Amazon doesn't have my email. They have my purchase history, which is a data set that's valuable, but they don't have my email. They don't have my calendar. They're not watching literally every search 
uh, that I do across all my devices. I, I agree with you, and that's why I, I put a you know a graph in there in my column saying not only is there no guarantee this will all work as well as uh, as uh, Google hopes, but there's certainly no guarantee there won't be problems caused for society by this and government regulations, uh, certainly in Europe and possibly here, uh, depending on how far and how deep this goes. So, yeah, I mean, this is like tying it all together. And I also think, and, and here, to be honest, I didn't quite say this the way I'm going about to now in the column. I, I think this is, people have been wondering, well, is search over... Or not over. Tech analysts and journalists <laughs> love to make definitive statements when things aren't really black and white. But when's the thing next thing that's going to supersede search? Is it going to be Siri type things? Is is it going to be uh, Facebook type things? Well, Google is sort of saying, "Hey, we have two big platforms. One is Android, and one is search. And the Android one is getting more mature. Yes, there are countries and there are populations that still don't have phones, but and we want that. But they've run into a lot of problems trying to do that. And on search, that's very valuable and important to them. So they're saying we're gonna we're gonna take it in hand to do the next big thing that will. It, take everything we have from search and turn it into something different, accessed in a different way and, and actually acting in a different way. And if phones stall out at some level, we're going to have another whole thing and yeah. it's going to be this. And that's that was the very strong impression I got from IO yesterday. And I, But I agree with you that there is going to be a built-in reluctance on that Google Home device. I mean, you and I will both have one to at least to try. I'm sure yeah. I'm going to write about it. Uh, you may write about it, and maybe I'll convince my wife to buy it. But, I mean, y you know, she won't have much of a problem buying the Echo. Uh, I have an Echo that was lent to me from Amazon that I need to send back. But in terms of buying one, eh, you know, she wouldn't be crazy about it, but she wouldn't have that much trouble because she kind of trusts and likes Amazon. She doesn't hate or distrust Google, but if she thinks about it, for another two minutes, yeah. the questions you just raised will be raised in her mind as well. All right, I gotta read this ad, I, I believe. This episode of Control Alt Delete is brought to you by Ministry of Supply, a menswear brand launched out of MIT. Ministry of Supply launched as a response to a problem that being menswear, it's stiff, restrictive, and uncomfortable. You can't move in it. With the lines between work and life blurring more and more, our everyday clothing needs to be able to do more. So they combine human-centric research, performance technology, and tailored design to create wear-to-work clothes like dress shirts and chinos that are as comfortable as they are capable. This means clothes like dress shirts and slack that wick sweat, breathe, and stretch with your movement. The Aviator 2 suit, for example, is so stretchy and breathable, people have run marathons in it which seems ill-advised, but they did it anyway. And their Apollo dress shirt has NASA-invented fibers that regulate body temperature based on your surroundings. So visit ministryofsupply.com slash Walt and get 15% off your first purchase using code WALT15. Or visit one of their stores in Boston, San Francisco, and coming soon, Washington, D.C. Well, so I have an Echo. I want the Echo to do more. I'm always talking to the damn thing. And my wife is like, she won't use it. She's like, this is dumb. Every time I ask you a question, it doesn't know the answer. Right. Um, I mean, consistently. Be, be beyond play me a song on Spotify or set a right. timer. Right. It's the Siri problem. We're at a point, and I, and I sent you actually a couple of uh, columns, a couple of uh, articles related to this. Siri came out in 2009 as an independent company. And I was the one 
who put it on stage at our conference so they could launch their company. And then Apple bought them a matter of months later. And then in 2011, it, it came out as an Apple feature on uh, the iPhone. Right. But Siri, people don't use Siri nearly. I, I find myself using it actually more and more for, for specific things. But people stop using it after a while if it gets too many things wrong. And the same is true of Cortana and the same is true of uh, Alexa. Right. If it gets too many things wrong too often, people are not going to use it. So this is Google's opportunity. If they if they can do what they're promising to do, and to come back to your point about Sundar and the whole vibe of the event, Sundar closed his keynote yesterday by pointing out that Google just beat Go. Uh, yeah, you know, which is like an impossible game, and you know they beat the best uh, Go player in the world, and they played all these games, and they did it with this computer they developed, and he, his point was, the computer made an unintuitive, creative move to win. That was his, literally his word, creative, yeah. Creative. He said that the computer is making creative choices now, which is an absolute, you know, you, you're calling it a declaration of war. It is an absolute statement of Google's faith that their machine learning capability is decades ahead of everybody else's, that their, their stuff is actually so much smarter. So... Is the value of Google knows everything, or is the the price of my privacy, Google knows everything, worth the value of the answers are so much smarter? Because I think if I put Google Home in my house, and I was like, Becky, try to use this, and it actually got a bunch of stuff right, she might actually use it way more than she uses the Echo. Right, and I think that's what remains to be proven. Uh, we we are journalists and we need to be skeptical. And even though a lot of what they showed was impressive, it needs to be proven. I mean, look, I was there, I want to say two years ago and met with the Google uh, Now voice team. And the reason I'm fumbling around the name is <laughs> they never really bad. named it uh, yeah. at that point. Uh, at least the Google Assistant is uh, some sort of name. But the voice part of Google now, the voice, you know, the conversation part, they, the team, these were a couple of engineers, they were very proud that they had just figured out this context, this keeping the context state in mind, like a human brain does. And their example at the time, and they used a different example, um, I can't remember what it was at the uh, event yesterday, but the example I remember from this meeting, and this was two years ago, was, okay, Google, how many sheep are there in New Zealand? And it, and it said, I don't know the number, but it said like 20 million sheep. There are 20 million sheep in New Zealand. <laughs> and then, then you say, and what's the prime minister's name? And you didn't say New Zealand again. You just said, and what's the prime minister's name? You were talking about sheep, and you were talking yeah. about, but it knew that you weren't talking about the prime minister of sheep, and you had just given it the name of a country, so it just said whatever the name of the prime minister was. It was the correct name of the prime minister. Are you sure New Zealand doesn't have a prime minister of sheep? <laughs> That's I'm, a real I'm, possibility. It is. It is. <laughs> It is. Uh, it is. Uh, but I think they were referring to the political <laughs> prime minister. But the, but the point is that was something they were nailing down two years ago. So, and nobody called it Google Assistant. And you know, I, what, one of the things that I liked yesterday, they were showing the Allo app, which is a chat app, and just like on a lot of messaging apps, actually didn't go as far in terms of things like sending money or doing right. some of the other things that some of the uh, messaging apps do. But, you know, it showed, it, it, like a lot of messaging apps, you can put a picture up and people were just... It, it, see, this is the favorite example. Apple uses it. I think Amazon uses it. Microsoft uses Everybody uses it, uh, which is, let's plan a dinner out. 
yep. in a in a chat app. Everyone loves that. So they sh- but they showed a picture of uh, Linguini with clams and the uh, Google Assistant, which is right, which is built right into this product, Allo, this chat messaging app. Knew it was ling- Linguini with clams, and I thought, damn. I mean, I I, I had re- I used Google Photos. I had reviewed it. I understood that it can. It can recognize things, but that was really, I mean, you know, a, a picture of a plate of pasta with something in it is not right. very hard. It's not very easy to segregate the ingredients. It happened by a complete coincidence that that night I went out to dinner and had linguine with shrimp. There and I'm thinking, how could Google tell the difference between <laughs> clams and shrimp mixed up in the linguine? But it did. And then somebody said, oh, that looks, I love linguine with clams. Let's. Go to an Italian place. What Italian place? You know, and that thing proceeded then to, because Google knows restaurants and all of that, which Siri, I mean, to be honest, Siri also is hooked into OpenTable. It also can do that. It actually can even make you a reservation. I did it once and never did it again with Siri. But Exactly. Um, because are you going to, Paul Miller wrote a piece today about, you know, Allo, you send a picture of Linguini and then it, it looks at it and then it offers you some pre-programmed responses. And the one that I thought was hilarious in demo yesterday was, I love Linguini, which no human will ever say in response to a photo of Bob. Like, yeah, it's true. You might say you love, love Linguini with clams. Yeah, it was just one of those things. And it's, are you going to let the computer start speaking for you in, yeah. in all these ways? Yeah. And most importantly... And you and I have talked about encryption and privacy on the show for like 10 episodes in a row. That chat, because Google has to be in it, isn't end-to-end encrypted. There's a mode in Allo, which is end-to-end encrypted. So you can like turn it on. You're in incognito mode. Now everything's private between you and the other person. But if you want that Google help, you got you have to give up the encryption. And that is, there it is. It's laid bare. That is the choice you're going to yeah. make. Either you're going to let Google in and it will provide some value to you and provide some intelligent assistance to you, or you gotta make another choice. This is all the more reason why they had better be right. They had better be great. They had better be way better than Facebook and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon. And it's a big challenge. Now, you know, at the end, Toward the end, he made the point that we're just at the beginning. This is going to be a long journey, and he's right. But they've, you know, when this stuff gets into all of our hands, which seems to be in the case of every single product they announced this fall or later Mm -hmm. this year, I don't know. Nothing is shipping. Nothing today. Nothing now. But when this stuff gets into our hands, it better knock our socks off. Uh, And in a way, you know, if you remember the very beginning of Siri. Um, uh, this is an excellent segue. I know excellent what you're doing. segue. Um, it did knock your socks off a little bit, but then it also disappointed you. So that was yeah, my so segue. I've got it here. This is Walt's column from October 11th, 2011. He's reviewing the, the 4S, the iPhone 4S. And obviously, the, the standout feature of the 4S was Siri. Um, so here it is Siri does much more. It offers too much to fully describe here, but it isn't a f- simple voice command system. Siri understands a wide variety of ways to ask a question, it grasps the context, and returns useful information in a user friendly way, either audibly or by displaying results on the screen. It also learns your voice as it goes along. And then a f- few paragraphs later, you say Siri also has limitations in addition to imperfect accuracy. It can't read the contents of email, it can't p- provide flight information or movie times. Obviously, they've added that. Uh, but Apple says it intends to link Siri to more databases over time, 
But also, Siri can reveal private data you'd rather it didn't unless you adjust your passcode permissions. So even then, back when Siri was almost, you know, kind of like a, a much more rudimentary form of what we have now, the, the tension between what it could do, what you wanted it to do, and your privacy was already in front of you. Right. And, and to be really honest, I think Siri has helped Apple sell a lot of iPhones by being a good part of the ads. Uh, but I don't think it's the favorite feature in the iPhone of most people who have iPhones. Um, like I say, I've lately come to use it more, partly through a funny backdoor, not backdoor, but odd way, which was dictation. Dictation yeah. is part of it. It's just a little bit of, of it. The dictation is really quite good, and I use dictation a lot. It's one of my complaints about Apple's approach to third-party keyboards. We wrote a story about that recent, uh, just the other day, and... Um, I agree with it. So because of that, I got more confidence in Siri and have been using it. But, you know, back in the very beginning, you would, sh the, the great knock your socks off example, like the Linguini with clams example was you could say to Siri, there were like 20 ways to ask Siri if it was going to rain. Mm -hmm. You could say, Siri, do I need an umbrella today? And, and it would say, no, Walt, it seems like it's going to be a pretty dry day. It was almost human. I mean, really, it was pretty... It, it's got, got all the jokes. It's got all the pre-canned... It was, like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, do I need a raincoat today? Uh, Serious, you know, am I going uh, to get wet if I go outside in Hong Kong today? I mean, you know, when it, or, and you could just say, serious, it's going to rain today. And it was very smart about it. But then when you asked it the next two questions where it didn't have the answer or it only could look it up in Wolfram Alpha and show you a, a, a thing on the screen, which maybe you were driving and you didn't really want to look at, that wasn't so good. That's Sundar's problem because he is going to invade your privacy. I know Google, Google all the Google fans listening yeah. to this are going to say, oh, they have privacy policies and all that. But, you know, he, the, he really, this whole thing depends on him knowing a, a ton about you that goes beyond even what you think he knows about you. And so the value of it for your wife, for my wife, for lots of people, every, most people, normal people, we're not normal people, but even for us, actually, uh, is going to be that it, that it just knocks your socks off nine out of ten times, not six out of ten times. Right. And, and what Sundar specifically said was it's going to be ambient. So not only is it in a device or on your phone or in a chat app, the goal is to put Google, is to layer Google into everything so that when you need some intelligent assistance, it's just there. And that that gets even wilder if you think about the, the balance between privacy and value. So I got to ask, though, we got to... So th this, this Siri conversation kind of leads me to another place. It, there's another way to look at... Google yesterday and all of its announcements, which is that they're just responding. You know, there, there's the there's a way to look at it, which we've been talking about and which I kind of believe, which is this is Google kind of making a bold proclamation about where its next decade is going to be, right? We're post phone, post desktop. Yes. The other way to look at it, and I I've read a few of these, and Casey wrote one today about the messaging app in particular, is that this is Google just playing catch up, right? They're, they released an Amazon Echo competitor because the Echo was good and they need to be in that space. Microsoft and Facebook made a big deal about bots and assistants and messaging. So here's two messaging app 
and a bunch of bot stuff, maybe that'll work. Well, and there's a there's, there's a FaceTime competitor. Right, there's exactly. A, I mean, in a way, Allo is an iMessage competitor as well as a Facebook Messenger. You know what I mean? Right, and so, so they're, now they're... And, you know, Microsoft made a huge deal at Build about we're going to be the place where you develop these intelligent assistants. We're going to do the servers. We're going to do the platforms. We're going to figure out the canvases and Skype and Messenger and all these places that you might want to be. We're going to, we're the ones who are going to figure it out. And then Facebook said, we have all the messaging platforms. So put the bots in here. Uh, and then Google said, well, we're going to build the best bot because we have the best intelligence. And here's a messenger and all this other stuff that we're going to do. And then, so, that, so, that's, so that's Google versus Microsoft. It's Google versus Facebook. It's Google versus Amazon. Uh, you know, the Android versus iOS, Google versus Apple is well known. Uh, Google also announced a big VR part of Android, which we haven't talked about at all. But that's right. the thing that will, you know, Vlad Savov wrote a piece for us. That is the thing that will drive the next great phone cycle. Um, that's why you're going to need a 4K screen and a 5G network to drive all this VR stuff that Google's pushing into. What's interesting to me as we talk about Siri is that Apple had this massive lead. And in fact, the version of Siri that you demoed, the interface wasn't necessarily voice. You could type to Siri in a web browser. Yeah. yeah. So they were way ahead of this curve in 2009 that you could and type they, to And an they were assistant. connected to more services. And they you were, could ask more kinds of questions. So Apple was way ahead. Siri has, you know, however Siri has developed, it's developed. Now Google is trying to regain this lead. Everyone's in this space. And I'm just thinking Apple religiously will not invade your privacy in these ways. And Google's trying to catch up by trying to get more of your data. How, what, where, where's the balance of power shakeout, do you think? You mean between Apple and Google? And, and sort of the rest of these. I mean, you know, Microsoft is trying to enter through this way. I, I don't know. I, I know people think we should know, but I, I don't have a simple answer. I, I think there are people who value Apple's privacy. I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I know other people who value it. There are people who are, have given up on it or never cared about it, and they just want, they like the idea of Google applying what it knows about you, regardless of privacy. They love Facebook, uh, so they, you know, if we get, and I haven't seen them yet, uh, but if we get great uh, chatbot knock your socks up stuff i keep using that term but it's and it's a really old term but i mean blow your mind whatever you want to call it, 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 it if that shows up first in facebook and repeatedly in facebook that will give them a lead for a while but this is a long game neil this is a long game and it's very hard to predict who's going to be where uh, i do think you can see right at the beginning of the game some strengths for each one of these well i was going to say for each one of them i think for microsoft you know cortana is respectable but um they're saying well we have all these tools for developers and this is where we're gonna it all ought to be built out and we believe in this and that's nice but i don't think they've proven very much yet in in the hands of, of actual people uh amazon has but as you but i agree with you about the weaknesses of alexa facebook think and i use facebook messenger but i think facebook has yet to a, at least to a broad population shown much in the way of artificial intelligence in there i mean there's a lot of algo in the news feed and all that stuff behind the scene but in terms of working for you on your command there isn't a facebook product i can think of that does that yet in the way that siri tries to in the way that cortana tries to in the way that google assistant is supposed to be going to be trying to. So it's just i think it's i'm sorry but i think it's too <laughs> it's too early to judge and not only that AI is a giant term, 
And right. so it, it may fragment. There may be pieces of this uh, where Apple is the best, other pieces where Microsoft is the best. You know, I just don't know. Maybe Microsoft it w- will wind up being the AI vendor of choice for companies, mm-hmm. but not individuals. I'm just ma- I'm making this up. I don't know. Maybe you'll use Facebook's AI in certain circumstances, but not other circumstances. You use Google's in six out of 10 circumstances and Facebook's in three out of 10 and Apple's in one out of 10. You know, I don't know. Uh, all I know is it means more columns, more <laughs> more podcasts. <laughs> it's a whole new landscape of, of tech and we've yeah. talked about it before. It's not all utterly brand new, but I do think we had a declaration of war. I think that one of the big five players and, and one of the only two that really know an immense amount about you, the other being Facebook, uh, has just said, uh, yep, we've conquered the world with phones, with a phone operating system. We are the biggest search platform, but it's 2016, it's a new world, and here we go. Yeah. We're, going, we're going into this. In and all, that, in many ways, that was the big takeaway to me. Yes, Allo is a product I'll write about. Duo is a product I'll write about. The home thing is a product I'll write about. But the big takeaway is, this is this is what Google is gonna is gonna try to do uh, over the next ten years. In many ways, it's a it's a refocus on search, right? I mean, what they're saying right. is people are always going to have questions, and Google is going to be around you somewhere, either proactively trying to answer those questions or or, or help you get the answers, or being responsive to you when you ask them. And that is a is a fundamental product we will answer your questions, is as good as it gets, right? I mean... Right, and it's also cannibalizing yourself. In other words, if they wake up at Apple more than they have about Siri, and they assign a 1,000 engineers... I don't know how many engineers they have, but I'm making this number up. They say, we're going to put a 1,000 more engineers on this, and even though we don't have all the data Google has, we think we can can tie into an amazing number of... Outside databases open up the API, all app, on Apple-like things, but we'll do them. And that's so that so if Google stood still, that would be a big threat to search. And you can find articles, probably even on the Verge, suggesting that possibility uh, because it's an obvious one and a and a, a, a real one. If I'm if I'm Sundar, I say, well, I don't want to risk Apple waking up. I don't want to risk Microsoft displacing Google search when they couldn't do it with Bing by doing it with Cortana. I don't want to risk people staying in Facebook all day because they can get their questions answered by really smart chatbots. Instead, I want to cannibalize myself, which is another classic, uh, not just uh, Steve Jobs, but it was a Steve Jobs mantra, and Sundar is doing it. I think you can think of this as an extension of search. You can also think of it as a self-cannibalization of what we think of when we think of search. And, I, th- and that has to be their move. I mean, we we spent, I think last week we talked about Facebook at length and how it's, you know, they own all these dominant icons on the, the iPhone home screen. Um, Google doesn't have one of those icons. They have the Safari browser, and then you start to search in the Safari browser, and that's typically how you get to Google. You might have Gmail or YouTube, but like the Google app is on the front first screen of my iPhone, and really, oh yeah, the Google and you and you use it for search, and I use it for search, huh? And it's it just never I have it. It never occurs to me to do anything other than open the browser. It, it, what it is, once you open it, it's almost as if you're an Android phone, except you don't have to be in an Android phone, and oh, and so you get the you get the Google Now cards and all that, but you and you get voice, 
And uh, sometimes I ask Siri, just outright, because it's quick. Just hit the button and ask Siri wherever you are on the phone, even from the lock screen, if you have set it that way. But a lot of times I just, I, I actually don't search in, in a Safari very much. I, I I search in the Google search app. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, maybe you ought to try it. It's never, you ought to try it. It's, a, it's, never, it's never occurred to me. I, I also got to dig up my Nexus 6P and put Android in on it. Uh, you know, it's like it. You know, it's like these developer conferences. Android nougat. Let's let's use Android the correct nougat. term. Lauren will be so proud of us. Everybody, here. I don't want you to go to iTunes and rate us five stars this week. I want you to go to that page and type in nougat and vote for nougat. Um, that's your task. <laughs> no, it's you know these developer conferences come and the the whole tech world focuses on one company and what it's going to do for a week and then it dies off and then we focus again. So you know we had the Microsoft week, we had the Facebook week. This is the Google week. In two weeks, we'll have the Apple week or three the, weeks. The Apple week is coming. Is, yeah. um, there's the code conference in between, which you should right. plug at this moment. You can get the Walt and Kara week. Here's the plug. The first, of all, yeah. first of all, the code conference is awesome, always awesome, and its predecessor was awesome. D. That's where Siri was introduced, as we just pointed out. But this year, in particular, we have a great lineup, and among the people in that lineup are Sundar and Jeff Bezos. There you go, head to head. And I'm interviewing them both. So I'm going to have a lot of fun talking about AI and Echo versus Google Home and, and so forth. But we have, but AI runs through a lot of the uh, speakers this year. Like we have the CEO of Ford, who's, mm-hmm. who's working on cars that are, are self-driving or autonomous driving. That's AI. And we have just a whole lineup of great folks, uh, many of whom are working on products that depend on this. You got to, you got, we got to get Sundar and, and Bezos, like near each other and then and then yell out a command and see who answers faster. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the weather and then see, see, see who knows that's what i'll do I'll, I'll sit down at each interview and that's what i'll do i'll just say will i need a raincoat in hong kong <laughs> that's great so that's actually happening real soon uh it's week next week is that next week Week after night. It's right after Memorial Day. Day after Memorial Day. And we'll be there. The Recode team will be there. Full coverage of the Code Conference. It's going to be great. You have Elon Musk as well, right? We have Elon Musk. And, I mean, it's, and, this is a star-studded yeah, lineup. It, it, Sheryl Sandberg. It's like a whole yeah, thing. We have Sheryl Sandberg. And so all these people are dealing with this AI. I mean, if AI is the new thing, we got it. Well, there's a whole theme there. So that's coming, so everybody stay tuned for that. We'll be back, obviously, next week. I got a whole. There's so much more podcasts for you to listen to. You should listen to Too Embarrassed to Ask with Lauren Good. You should listen to Kara's show, Recode Decode, which is wonderful. Peter's show on the Recode Network. Recode Media is literally everybody I know listens to it now. If you're miss, if you're not listening to that, you gotta, gotta get on it. Uh, the Vergecast is back. It's off. It's been off the past two weeks. It's back next week, rebooted, refreshed. Rethought, intelligent. <laughs> it's more intelligent than ever before. It knows really? the weather in Hong Kong. Uh, God, uh, God, I hope so. Uh, so that's back next week. Uh, What's Tech with Chris Plant is doing great. Verge ESP with Emily uh, Yoshida and Liz Lopato, one of my favorites. So, so much stuff to listen to, so much stuff to read, watch. Uh, you should, I, I'm going to say this. Walt and I love it when you tweet at us. We love it when you tweet intros at us. It's like one of my favorite things. But I suspect Walt is very curious to hear what you want to ask about what you want him to ask about AI. So tweet at Walt Mossberg. Uh, you can tweet at me at Reckless. I'll just be wandering the halls asking anybody I can find. But Walt will be on stage <laughs> with uh, the stars of our industry asking these big questions. So I'm sure that he would appreciate that. Uh, and then we just love your feedback any way you want to give it to us. So keep talking to us. It's it's super great. Uh, and that was it. I think that, that's all of our time. Walt, that was we got into it a little bit. I loved it. Yeah. 
And Good and I, I honestly think there are many more. There are many more podcasts about this over the next. 10 I mean, we at this point we could just do encryption and AI every other episode. <laughs> no, for the next we're not going to do that. We're not <laughs> openly threatening the listeners. We're not going to do that. <laughs> e- e- we're not. Even if we you could. beg us for it, we're not going to do that because we'll drive ourselves crazy. And there's there's too much. And you know, we'll get the the product. None of these products are out. But the, the product review cycle. Um, through the next few months is going to heat up too. So we got a lot of that stuff to talk right. about coming. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much.